Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Today we are continuing our Christmas series called Christmas Cheer. And this whole series we've been talking about um, really Christmas trees. We talked about lights. We talked about the star. Today I'm going to talk about the tree. And um, just to get us in the right mindset for this morning, um, I heard this this week. Um, and it is, what do you get if you combine a Christmas tree and an iPad? Christmas tree and an iPad equals pineapple. Pineapple, that's what you get. Some of you are, are starting to catch on. <laughs> there we go. It's sunk in. And as we looked at Christmas the first week, right, we looked at the, the lights um, and how we are called to be a light of the world if we follow Jesus, and he is the one that brings light to us. And when we see the Christmas lights this season, it's to remind us of Jesus being the light of the world. Last week, we talked about the star that God sent for the wise men and that we put on top of our trees um, to remind us that it points to Jesus. And God has sent the star for us, and when we see the star, it should remind us of Jesus and that we can receive what God has for us. Today, I want to talk about the Christmas tree. Now, Christmas trees weren't originally a part of the Christmas tradition even, um, or the Christian tradition, but some Christians saw the tree and they said, you know what, we can use this to point people to God. And so they did, and there was, three, there was a few things they noticed. I want to point out three of them this morning. The first is... If you are in California, you wouldn't have noticed this as much. I grew up in Minnesota. It's cold. It's winter uh, at this time of year, at Christmas time of year. And in winter, in cold parts of the world, it is not the same as here. When you look outside, you see white from the snow. You see brown for trees with no leaves. And you see just dirty because uh, the snow gets dirty real quick. Um, this time of year. So you see white and black and brown, and that's all you see pretty much in the winter. But the pine tree, some of them anyways, will stay green throughout the winter. And they don't lose that color. And it's a bright color. It's some green in the middle of a cold, dark time of year that reminds us that, hey, you know what? Spring is coming. Summer is coming. There is life that's in store in the future. And so the Christmas tree reminds us that as well. It gives us hope in this time of year. The Christmas tree also has a shape to it. You'll notice, you know, it's pointed up towards heaven. And our, our focus when we see the tree is not supposed to be down at the presence underneath the tree. It's supposed to follow the tree up to heaven and remind us to look up to God in heaven. And that's the reason that we are celebrating this time of year. Third is that the tree is actually a triangle. And the triangle is often for Christians represented God in his three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so today, we're actually going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard a Christmas message on the Holy Spirit. Most of them are focused on Jesus the baby. But we're going to talk about him as a baby, but we're also going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. My message is called, Let the Holy Spirit Bring You Cheer. Let the Holy Spirit Bring You Cheer. So we're going to look this morning um, at the Holy Spirit and how, wherever you're at this morning, however you walked in here, 
if you walked in here cold, if you walked in here hungry, if you walked in here with a difficult week, or you're just loving the Christmas season, God wants to bring you cheer or joy. I'm going to use those words interchangeably today. He wants to bring you joy wherever you're at in life, and the Holy Spirit is the way that he wants to do that this morning. So let's look at our story. We're going to pick up the traditional Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, but we're going to go just after the birth um, where we normally stop on this Christmas story. Verse 21, Luke chapter 2 says, And at the end of eight days, Jesus is eight days old, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So he was born in Bethlehem, but his parents were from Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth. And I don't know if they hung out in Bethlehem for a week so that they could follow this ceremony that needed to happen, or if they went back home. I mean, if you've had a baby, you know you don't just, like, get back on a donkey right away, and it takes some time for the family to recover. Um, Even the dads. I I know the moms have it the worst, and the kids are still, like, getting used to it, but I needed some time to recover when that baby was born, so I don't know what they they did for that first week, but then the thing that they did on day eight was to have this um, ceremony that God had prescribed, and that's where they would name him as well. But the angel had come and given them a name for Jesus while he was still in Mary's womb. And so they name him this in faith. So this is what God gave us. This is what we're going to do. And, you know, they're just walking out in faith. They saw some kind of crazy things as the shepherd showed up at, at his birth. But they're just walking out in faith that this is what God said. Life has been crazy. We're going to walk in faith. And I want to encourage you this morning to just follow God's direction in faith. Even if you haven't seen the provision yet, just follow his direction in faith. Because sometimes it's quick and sometimes it takes a while. You know, even for us, I, I actually relate to part of this. Because when we found out we were pregnant, that same, a few minutes later actually, Allie and I were just started to pray for our, our, our daughter, would be our first daughter. And we felt like God said, you're going to have a girl and this is what you're to name her. And I said... Great. I don't know if it's a girl, but we're going to trust that it is. We're going to see what happens. And, you know, we did the gender reveal and it was like not that exciting because we already knew it was a girl. And then we did the gender reveal and it was a girl. And we're like, great, we're confirmed. Um, And then she was born and we named her Hannah, the name that God had given to us. And while we think she is special and remarkable, she's a normal almost four-year-old girl at this point, but we're just walking in faith what God has said for her in her life. We named her as he called us to. We're raising her as he calls us to, and it positions us. Those steps are important, even if we haven't seen all the fruit yet. And his parents are just taking the steps that they would take, even every normal parent would take, by um, getting him circumcised. And then they take the next step about a month later, starting in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses... They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There you go. If you ever heard the 12 Days of Christmas song, you now know where the two turtle doves come from. Right here, in Scripture, two turtle doves. I don't know why there's like seven more days of birds in that song, like Apparently the person getting all those gifts really liked birds or the person giving them did. But the two turtle doves had a a, a place that they came from. It came from right here. This is what they would offer it as sacrifice. 
Mary and Joseph just went to the temple to do their duty. They brought Jesus to the house of the Lord. That was the temple. For us today, that's the church. That's where God's presence resided most fully. And we'll see in a moment, it did not go as expected. Matter of fact, it actually went better than expected. But life hadn't been going as expected for them. They had a long pregnancy. They had a a marriage that did not go according to plan because Mary was already pregnant when they got married. And she wasn't pregnant by Joseph. She was pregnant um, by the Holy Spirit. And then the birth did not go according to plan. They had to take this long journey for the census and go to Bethlehem. And then, right, there was no room in the inn. And that didn't go according to plan. And they're just, but they're like, but God, you said, like, why wouldn't you have made it a little easier? Right? You think if God was going to come himself as a baby, he would have made it a little easier for his parents and himself and where he was born and grew up and the journey. But they said, you know what? God gave us a word. We're going to be faithful. We're going to follow God. We're going to do the things that he would call us to do that he would call any parent to do. And we're going to just follow him. And this is what they did. And it positions us for God to move, for him to do the unexpected, for him to do more and to fulfill his promises to us when we follow after him. And sometimes it might feel like we're just doing the the normal things, but it positions us for God to move in our life. And, you know, for you, you know, position yourself and your family to make room for God to do something. This Christmas, this New Year's, position yourself and your family for God to move and do something as Mary and Joseph did even in this story. There was no, you know, angel that said, hey, go to the temple on, you know, about day 40 that this is. Don't go to, there was no angel that said, this is what you have to do. This is what just God said for all parents to do, and they were just being faithful with that. So position yourself to have an encounter with him. Maybe that's for you coming to our Christmas service this Friday. Maybe it's for you or your family reading the Christmas story on Christmas morning. Maybe it's like stopping for a minute to pray together on Christmas morning. Maybe it feels weird to you. Maybe it, your significant under says, this is a little bit weird. But it, this is different. This isn't our normal tradition. But it's making room for God to move. Maybe it's inviting somebody to come with you to church this week or as we head into the new year. Maybe it's waiting patiently and faithfully for God to move when your life right now, maybe you can't wait for the new year to get started, but it's waiting patiently and faithfully. And our next characters that are going to get introduced actually waited a long time for God to move. So in verse 25, we're going to finish our story. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you might have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Skipping ahead to verse 36, it says, And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advancing in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. They were waiting a long time. They were waiting for God to work. 
And what I want to let us know is to be prepared for God to work. But what I want us to know as well is God is the one that is doing the major work. Sometimes we have a part to play, but sometimes we take too much onto ourselves. I'm going to take some of that pressure off this morning. Make room for God to do what he is going to do. He's the one that's moving. He's the one that's working. Our role is to be ready to take advantage when that opportunity arises. He had a plan. He was working in the lives of these people, Simeon and Anna. They had been waiting a long time, but the time came. Jesus comes into the temple, and they, they said, now is the time. We've talked about our call as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, to be a light in this world. We all have roles to play, but God is the one doing the heavy lifting. You know, I think about even here, we're here as a church, and, you know, sometimes we've had people walk by the building in front of the building, and they maybe are looking for God in their life, but they're not looking for our church. They're not even maybe looking for a church, but then one of our greeters out front will just say hello to them and welcome them in, maybe invite them in for a cup of coffee, and we've had multiple people that have come in for a cup of coffee from an invite that have then got to come and get connected to God and what he's doing. And what they did was just position themselves for God to work, just love the world around them. And because of that, then God is doing the work. And so he is the one, we're just to position ourselves and to take advantage when it comes. And this next point is what I really want to focus on because I think it applies to all of us. We all love the topic of waiting. Actually, we're not there yet. First, first thing before that, Jesus is the light for the revelation for all of us. It's kind of been a crazy week, so give me a little bit of grace uh, this morning. Um, but God is, God is still going to speak something this morning to all of us. So light for revelation, verse 32 says this. Simeon says this in his prophetic word over Jesus that his parents get to hear and the temple all gets to hear. He says, this is the Savior, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. That's all of us. It's everybody that's not a Jew. And for glory to your people Israel. That's all the Jewish people. Jesus was a light of revelation to the Gentiles. He's a light of revelation to us. And it happens in two different ways. The first is the light of revelation for salvation. Jesus is the one that came to be the salvation for us. To show us how to think and see clearly. He's the one that is the revelation of this is how we get to restore our relationship with God. Before him, we needed him to restore our relationship with God. And he was the light to show us how to have that restoration. He was the one that would do that for us. He's also the one that brings revelation to us and wisdom to us. If you need wisdom in your life right now, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are the ones to give that to you. He is the one that can bring revelation to us. And in this season, as we head into the new year, I want you to see the light of revelation. I want you to see with that light, to see clearly as you head into Christmas and this new year. We see clearly through Jesus. We see clearly through his words to us in the Bible. We see clearly through his words to us, maybe right now, or that he speaks to you. But how do you do that? We, it allows us, by when we know what Jesus and God is saying to us, it allows us to wait patiently with cheer, to wait patiently with joy. It's how we position ourselves in the right places like Mary and Joseph did because we know what God is calling us to do. It's how we position ourselves. That's how we walk the difficult road and have joy in the middle of it because we know who God is and what he is doing and what he has said about us. If we are a follower of him, it's, he says that we are his child. 
If we follow him, it says that he created us with a purpose. He created us beautifully. He created us to make a difference in this world. He created us for a reason. And then he created us wonderfully. He created us and has something special for us. And we hold on to the fact that God is with us and he has promised good things for us when we follow him. And we know that that is true for everyone that follows him. That he is good and that his love endures forever. This is what he says to his people. And when things are going according to plan, it might be easy to think that. But even when things don't seem to be going according to plan as it had been for Mary and Joseph, like this is not like this is not the birth that I was expecting. When I was thinking I was going to get married, this is not how I thought it was going to go. But God was with them and they were able to have trust and faith in the middle of it. They were able to, my next point that I said early, they were able to wait with cheer because they knew that God had good for them. They knew that the God that they followed was a loving God and he had good news for them. They knew that God had a plan for them. They were able to wait well as a result of that. They weren't worried. They weren't frustrated. This Christmas, if there's a weight in your life, know that God is working in your life and that he has a plan for you. And when we know that, it lets us wait well. When we know that, it lets us wait with joy. It doesn't mean it's not still difficult. Joy doesn't mean everything's happy. Cheer, cheer is maybe a little bit more of a happy thing, but it lets us wait with joy to trust what God is doing. See, in verse 25, it says, There was a man, that's Simeon, in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. You see that? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And he had a word from God, and he had to wait for it to happen. This Christmas, when you're waiting for what God is doing in your life, maybe something you feel like he said to you or promised you or something you're just hoping for, and you're like, you, you haven't heard him speak yet, but you're hoping. The Christmas story is about God's plan coming to fruition, and it's full of people that get to be a part of that plan happening. Ordinary, normal people, just like every single one of us. And I encourage you to think about how does God maybe want to use you and work in your life? And it gives us cheer, it gives us joy to be a part of what God is doing, and then we get to be a part in the center of that. When we set out to start this church, we invited many people to go on this journey with us. It was about three years ago now when we did this. We had a few dozen people on our team, and we were starting to gather more, feeling the people that felt the leading of God to come with us to start this church in downtown San Jose. People that saw the vision and said, I believe I see God moving. I believe that he's speaking and he's doing something in this. But then as we started to pick up steam, COVID happened. Launch of the church put on pause. Gathering of people put on pause. You know, life put on pause for all of us. And you know how we waited with cheer and joy and waited? Because we knew that God had a promise for us and a word for us and he was doing something. And we said, you know what, it doesn't look how we thought it was going to look. It looks much worse than we thought it was going to look. It looks difficult, but we're going to have faith because God said something and he's doing something. And we know that he's at work even when it doesn't look like it in front of us. And so many people around in this world and even in the church were struggling and wondering. And it's not that it wasn't difficult and it's not that it's not okay for it to be difficult. But you know what? There was joy for me in the middle of it and patience for me in the middle of it. And I never, ever questioned, was God doing something? Even though it didn't look like it in front of me because 
I trusted in what God had said to us and what he was doing. Because I had the revelation of Jesus in my life, I was able to trust and hope even in the middle of it. And there was times where I wasn't sure what God was doing. I was just talking with somebody last Christmas. It was this time, it was five days before our first ever Christmas service as a church. We had one person for our worship team. We had no band. We had nobody to lead us. It's all we had. And we, we said, well, but we're having a Christmas service. I said, God, I, I can't sing. You do not want me to fu- fulfill that role. Like, the church will not exist in the new year if that happens. But it, it was five days before. And I said, God, I, I believe you've spoken that this is what's going to happen. And we're going to trust in faith that this is what's going to happen. And I, I was doing everything I could on my part to make it happen. Matter of fact, Tim, who's now our, our worship pastor and, and leading for us today, I, we were interviewing him at the time. And so I, I was like, man, can you like, this will be a great audition. Like, can you come fill in? And he's like, no, I can't. I already have commitments. And so I'm praying and I'm, I'm what, God, what are you going to do? Like, do we need to just go like a circle and candlelight, like acoustic kind of stuff? What's going to happen? You know what happened on our Christmas Eve service last year? We had a full band. We had multiple singers. We had drums. We had keys. We had, we had everything in place and God had provided because we had been faithful. And when the moment was right, we trusted God and the Holy Spirit to move forward. We seized the moment when God said, go now. And that's our role as well. And see, they relied, Simeon and Anna, I'm going to skip ahead here, they relied on the Holy Spirit. See, it says in verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. See, Simeon knew by the Holy Spirit that God had given him a word. And the word was that he was going to see the Christ, the salvation of Israel that God had promised to his people for hundreds and hundreds of years. God had said, you're going to get to meet him before you die. And Simeon said, okay, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm going to trust. And he gets led into the temple on that day thinking, really? Like, is it really going to happen? I've been waiting a long time for this. But he trusted the word of God in his life, and so he went in. But he had been waiting faithfully and patiently because the Holy Spirit had brought revelation into his life. And then he could wait patiently and trust God for what he was going to do. Anna was a prophetess. She was trusting in God. Her life had not worked out how she had thought either, right? She's been a widow for a long time, but she's in the temple worshiping, prophesying, waiting, partnering with the Holy Spirit for what God wants to do. And because she was positioned there, she got to do something in the life of Jesus. I want to invite us to think about how can we position ourselves to experience God's joy this Christmas. He wants to bring joy to you. In fact, I'm going to invite the band up so that I can wrap this, hopefully, all together. Feels like I got lots of things happening right now today. Um, and I'm going to try to bring it all back, back together. See, you can experience God's joy this Christmas. See, we're to prepare for God's work. We're to know what he's calling us to do through his revelation. We're to wait for our time to act. We're to seize the moment when we're called to partner with him. And we get to experience God's joy through it all. And there are times maybe some of us even are going through really difficult circumstances right now. This week, I visited a friend in the hospital with an unexpected emergency with his wife. 
I know others in our community that have recently experienced loss of loved ones in their life, even this very week. Others, maybe your work life, your home life is in a difficult season. Maybe your financial life is in a difficult season. Christmas, maybe it doesn't feel like cheer, but it feels like challenge to you this year. Maybe or maybe your life is really good, but it's just busy. What I want to invite us to do before we go on, before we go, you know, have some fun packing some bags together, is to stop and remember what God has done and make space for his Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Christmas is a time for us to remember the sending of Jesus, and it gives us so much joy in our lives, so much cheer, because this life really is fleeting. And the most important thing we can do is have a relationship with God. And if you already have a relationship with him, don't miss the chance this season to celebrate it and receive the joy that he wants to give to you in the middle of what's happening in your life. Whatever's happening, whether that's good, that's bad, somewhere in between, he wants to bring joy to you. Emmanuel is one of the names for God, one of the names for Jesus. It literally means God with us. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And it comes from what God has done for us. And it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is what God did. He said, Humanity has sinned. They've broken their relationship with me. And there is no way for them to fix it on their own. They've broken that. See, you can't be good enough to come back to God because... We are dead, it says, in our sins, and dead things cannot come back to life on their own. We need God, and he, he came for us. He said, I see humanity, and I love them dearly, so much that I'm going to send my son for them, so that he can live a perfect life where they couldn't. Jesus came as a baby. He didn't skip to adult, adulthood. He came as a baby, born in a manger. He went through those dirty diaper phase. He went through the teething phase, the terrible twos, the terrible threes, and somehow didn't sin through all of that. He went through those teenage years and somehow didn't sin throughout that. I don't know about his parents. They probably still pulled their hair out a few times because of Jesus. Matter of fact, we have some stories of that. But he lived his life without sin. He went to the cross and he died for us, you and me, the judgment that we deserved because of our sin. And that is what we celebrate as Christmas. It's the beginning of the end of the story for us. Christmas is the start of what will lead to Easter when we celebrate what Christ finished, his work on the cross. But the coming was important. I want to invite us to embrace what God has done. Celebrate this Christmas. Embrace it because throughout the traditions you have, throughout maybe starting new traditions, remind yourself when you see that Christmas tree to look up to heaven that God is there. And he didn't just stay in heaven. The Father sent the Son, Jesus, to us. And the Holy Spirit is here with us right now, still working in our lives. We need to see it. We need to experience it. We need to receive it. If life is difficult right now, know that God has not abandoned you. He didn't abandon us. He sent Jesus for us to be the light when things seem so dark. He hasn't left us to fight for ourselves. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, to give us strength and joy to give you cheer right now in the middle of your life, to give us hope when things seem dark. He loves us deeply and he wants us to see that. He wants to show that to you right now. So Jesus came, let's celebrate. Our salvation came, let's celebrate. The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, let's celebrate. 
God is at work in your life. Let's celebrate. I want to invite you to be filled with cheer. God is at work in your family. He's at work with your friends. Let's celebrate. He's at work at your job. Celebrate even if it looks difficult right now. He's at work in our city. I'm celebrating. He's at work in our church. I'm excited about it, and I'm celebrating what he is doing. And I want to pray for us that we would get to experience that joy. So would you stand with me? We're going to stand and pray together. And what I'm going to pray for is that the Holy Spirit would come in this place right now and that he would bring a sense of God's love and joy to you right now, however you walked in these doors this morning. Because God is the one that does the work and I'm going to, we're going to invite him to move this morning. So would you pray with me? God, I pray this morning that your spirit would come in this place. God, that you would bring revelation to us. Lord, revelation of your son, Jesus, who he is. Revelation of a word that you might be speaking to us as you did to Simeon or you did to Anna, that you gave them a word that they got to hold on to. I pray that you would be speaking words to this people right now. And I pray that you would bring cheer. Lord, cheer in a way that my words can't, but that you can. That you can bring joy and you can bring peace in the middle of a dark, in the middle of a cold room. God, that you can bring joy. I pray that you would move in this place, that we would experience your love right now. I pray that if there's anybody here right now that is just feeling like life has been a challenge, just even turn your hands up. Open yourselves. And God, I pray that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit and that you would just show them your love. Fill them with your joy right now that they experience the goodness of what you have done. You didn't leave us on our own, but Christmas is a celebration of you coming for us. If you're here right now, you've never trusted Jesus. Right now, I want to invite you to put your faith in him. He came to live when a perfect life where we couldn't, and he died the death we deserved so that we could live for him. All we need to do is trust him. So if you want to put your faith in him right now, you can just echo these words in your heart. Jesus, I believe I have sinned against you. I believe you died for me and rose again. And Jesus, I choose to follow you. Amen. We're going to continue in worship right now. And we're going we're gonna to sing a song together about God's Holy Spirit. That he would come. And my prayer as we've been praying praying for today and our team's prayer is that God would meet you where you're at right now. Whatever you need. I'm praying for words from God. I'm praying for an experience with his love, an encounter with his Holy Spirit, that as you finish out this year, you, you would have an encounter with him. If you need prayer, me and some of the team will be in the back. We'd love to pray for you during this time of response. But let's invite the Holy Spirit together into this place that we would know what God is doing, what he's saying to us. Let's invite him together. Let's, let's make this our prayer, church. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or are looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org/connect. 
While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.